I think one thing I want you to know about me, if you see me as a guide or an expert in your journey of creating a business, is that I never ask you to do something I haven't done. I never teach anything that I haven't done with success or share any challenges that I haven't actually had myself. I'm Amy Porterfield, ex-corporate girl turned CEO of a multi-seven-figure business. But it wasn't all that long ago that I lacked the confidence, the budget, and the time to focus on growing my small but mighty business. Fast forward past many failed attempts and lessons learned, and you'll see the business I have today, one that changes lives and gives me more freedom than I ever thought possible. One that used to only exist as a daydream. I created the Online Marketing Made Easy podcast to give you simple, actionable, step-by-step strategies to help you do the same. If you're an ambitious entrepreneur or one in the making who's looking to create a business that makes an impact and a life you love, you're in the right place, friend. Let's get started. When you run an online business, your marketing metrics will tell you what in your business is profitable and where you're throwing money away. Yikes. That's pretty important, right? Luckily, I've put together the Ultimate Marketing Metrics Checklist, which is a free resource that will guide you through tracking and analyzing the most crucial metrics for your business. And let me tell you, I'm going to keep it simple but effective. From evergreen data and revenue generation to podcast metrics and social media growth, this cheat sheet will cover it all. It's the exact one my team and I use to track our metrics on a weekly, monthly, quarterly, and annual basis. Let me be honest here. This wasn't an overnight process win for me. It took me 10 years to build this comprehensive list and get it just right. But you, my friend, can start using it today, tailoring it to suit your business-specific needs, but not having to start from scratch like I did. Whether you're a seasoned marketer or just getting started, this cheat sheet will help you make informed decisions as you grow your business and empower you to move forward confidently. So go to amyporterfield.com forward slash metrics to get your hands on the ultimate marketing metrics cheat sheet now. That's amyporterfield.com forward slash metrics. Hey there, friend. Welcome back to Online Marketing Made Easy. I hope you're having a wonderful day. Today, I compiled a few tips and habits for you that you can adopt that will allow you to buy back your time so that you can focus on the needle-moving areas of your business. These are the projects that will help you win big and generate more revenue. So first and foremost, always be thinking about ways to automate. We talk a lot about automating sales funnels and customer service interactions, but in this episode, I want us to think outside the box on how we can take back our time and free up space for like that deep work or staying in our zone of genius or allowing ourselves to have space for creative thinking. So on that note, the first habit I want to share with you is to always find ways to automate and delegate how you run your day. So for example, can you automate how you manage emails that come into your inbox? I've sent emails to peers of mine and immediately got back an automated email that lays out information to help people navigate what they need. These emails can also let people know that you may only check your emails three times a week, so it immediately sets the expectation that they might not get an immediate response. 
And then you're freed up to step away from your inbox every now and then. I love just setting expectations. And so whether you send an email out to say, hey, thanks so much for reaching out. I only check my email three times a week, but if you're looking for the request to be on my podcast, here's the link. If you need help with XYZ course, here's a link to my support desk, things like that. So depending on where you're getting emails and who's sending them to you, you might want to put something like that together. But just by telling people, I don't check my inbox every day, I think it just slows down their expectation that they're going to hear from you right away. It takes the stress off of you. Another way to automate is to sync your calendar with a scheduling tool like Schedulicity. So programs like these eliminate any back and forth trying to find a time to meet with people. So if you visit episode 371 that I did, it's called Take Your Hands Off the Wheel, Automation for the Smart Business Owner. That episode, episode 371, it has so many automation ideas. So you can find it at amyporterfield.com forward slash 371. And lastly, look into hiring a virtual assistant and delegate tasks that don't light you up or aren't in your zone of genius. Many of you listening, you are ready for a virtual assistant. In fact, probably a year ago you were ready, but you're too scared to take the leap because I know the first thing you're thinking of. Well, I know two things you're thinking of. Number one, can I afford them? And in many cases, yes, you can. It's just very scary to start paying someone. I get it. I've been there. And the second question is, Amy, what am I going to give them? And if you just sat down and wrote down all the things you don't want to do in your business, I'm pretty sure you'll have a list of 20 things that you can give them. I mean, as much as I love my business, of course, there's things that I don't want to be working on, and I will absolutely delegate those things. So it might be time to hire your first virtual assistant. And you can start with as little as five hours a week. That's exactly what I did with my first assistant. Her name was Rebecca. And I talk about it, I think, in this episode, number 446. So amyporterfield.com forward slash 446. It's called The Art of Delegation and Why It's the Best Thing I've Ever Done. I'm going to put all these episodes that I'm sharing with you, I'll put them in the show notes so that you can get to them. But there's a lot of great episodes on my podcast about how to delegate, how to get more time back, how to hire your first virtual assistant. It's all in there. Okay. So first, you're going to think about ways to automate your day-to-day tasks. The second is to simplify your offerings. I do not think we all talk about this enough. Some of my favorite businesses are those doing one to let's say three things max really well. When you have too many spinning plates in the air, it's very hard for people to understand what you're an expert in. And it's very hard for you to keep everything going at the rate it needs to go to make the kind of money you need to make because you're spread too thin. But by mastering fewer offerings, it becomes very clear how you offer value to your audience and you get way better at actually putting your message together and delivering it. So I recommend reviewing your offerings, your products, your services, and see what can be cut out that's not generating a lot of revenue, but might be requiring a lot of maintenance. We have absolutely done this in my business. Right now, we offer two digital courses. One is on Evergreen. One is delivered once a year live. And then I have a membership. And those three things are my offers. I do not offer anything else. I have affiliate offers like I promote Searchy and ConvertKit, but that's really under the radar. The programs I'm responsible for, there's three of them, and that's all. 
And let me tell you, this is not the easiest thing to do, especially cut things out of your business. And in episode 614, I share a very vulnerable decision I had to make recently where I cut out a huge multi-million dollar offer because I knew it was just too taxing on my team right now. So if you want to hear where I messed up and what I had to do about it, episode 614. I think one thing I want you to know about me, if you see me as a guide or an expert in your journey of creating a business, is that I never ask you to do something I haven't done. I never teach anything that I haven't done with success or share any challenges that I haven't actually had myself. And so when I tell you to cut something out of your business, I don't say that flippantly. I know it's not easy, and I'll prove it to you in episode 614. All right, the third habit and a super important one for streamlining your internal operations is to create standard operating procedures called SOPs, standard operating procedures for all workflows in your business and to utilize a project management tool. Now, you're not going to want to do this part. I just know you're not going to want to because it's tedious, it takes time, it you got to get organized, but dang, it's made a huge difference in my business. If you plan to grow a small team, I don't think you should move forward without this. So, Standard operating procedures offer your entire team and any contractors or any virtual assistants you bring on a step-by-step on how to execute a specific task or project. So when you're creating SOPs, it's an opportunity to streamline your workflows and implement lean principles and identify where you can reduce waste in your processes. Then you import these SOPs into like a project management tool. We love Asana, so your whole team can find them. Now, keep in mind that while SOPs do take a bit of time to set up and to create, it's worth having them in the long run so you don't have to keep repeating yourself. Like, oh, here's how we upload a podcast to my blog. There's like 10 steps to do so. We put them in an SOP. Anyone new that needs to take on this task, they'll know exactly what to do. And when someone's sick or unexpectedly out, we know how to do their main core tasks so that we can get it done. I promise you, my friend, it is so worth it. So what I would do if you're even little curious what this would look like, write down five things that either you get asked about all the time from new team members or any team members, like how do you do this? that could be an SOP or something that happens every single week, that should be an SOP. And you don't have to create them. If you have a small team, ask the team member who's doing that task the most to create a step-by-step-by-step list of how to do it with screen grabs, any kind of extra information, any links they need. You keep them all in a Google Drive. They can all be in the same place, but you can also put them in your project management tool for people to have them there. But this is just something that you get into the habit of asking other people that are working on the task to create an SOP. So in case you ever lose them, God forbid, other people can step in. Number four is to implement the zero inbox rule. Ooh, this is a big one for me. We do not use email internally in our business. I have never received an email from Jaws, my CEO. I have never received an email from Kelsey or Allison, the directors of my marketing team. Never. That's a really big deal. So all communication surrounding tasks and projects, it's either in Asana or Slack. Now, we're very specific about this, so stay with me here. If you're multitasking, come back to me. This is something that's very unique about my business that I think is important. We have rules for Asana 
A-S-A-N-A, for anyone who doesn't know that tool. It's our project management tool. We have rules for Asana and we have rules for Slack. Any project, any due date, anything you're assigning to someone, anything that needs to be done, anything with a due date essentially goes into Asana, not Slack. Slack is only used for quick conversation Like if you were in an office and you asked someone, hey, did you see da-da-da? Okay, great. Awesome. And then you're moving on. They're quick conversations. It's also a way for us to connect and have a great company culture. We do fun things in Slack. We do not assign projects and we do not have any deadlines in Slack because they will get lost down a dark, deep hole. Very important. So if you cut out email, even if you have a small team, it absolutely saves you so much back and forth. You get so much more organized. For a deeper dive, listen to episode 425, a step-by-step guide to how to stay organized. I get into this in a little bit more detail. So episode 425. We are online marketers, which means we have unique needs. And there are so many options out there for paid media. Sometimes it's hard to figure out where should you go to reach your ideal audience. But here's the thing. Have you thought about LinkedIn ads? LinkedIn ads empowers marketers with solutions for you and your customers, and it allows you to build the right relationships and drive results and reach your customers with meaningful content. You do not want to sleep on LinkedIn ads. And here's the thing, 79% of content marketers said LinkedIn produces the best results for paid media. I hear it from so many of my peers. And I know you're doing important work. And with that, you want to make sure that the work you're doing is getting in front of the right people. And that's what LinkedIn ads will allow you to do. So let your marketing efforts connect with the right audience and get a $100 credit on your next campaign. So if you go to linkedin.com slash Amy, you can get that $100 credit. So that's linkedin.com slash Amy. Terms and conditions apply. I know you're focused on marketing and selling your digital products, but I know many of you also have physical products, and I want to talk about Shopify. (coughs) Shopify is a user-friendly commerce platform that helps you, my dear online entrepreneur, build an online store and make more sales at any stage of your business. They're the force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, Brooklinen, and millions of other businesses at every size. Let me tell you why Shopify is an online entrepreneur's dream platform. It's because it helps turn your browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout experience. In fact, it converts 36% better compared to other leading e-commerce platforms. Yeah, loving that. And I don't know about you, but as an online entrepreneur, my customer's experience, especially when it comes to checking out, is so important. Plus, not only do they support your customers, they support you as the entrepreneur. Shopify's award-winning help desk is there to support your success through every question and every step of the way. There's a reason Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S., because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash made easy, all lowercase. So go to shopify.com slash made easy now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. That's shopify.com slash made easy. 
The fifth habit is to empower employees to make more decisions. If you have employees or team members or contractors, make sure they feel secure about making decisions related to their role. Otherwise, they're going to come to you for questions and clarification all the time. You do not want to be the person that's holding everyone up. When you're the chokehold, when everything stops with you, you're going to have a lot of pressure on your shoulders. So to be successful in your role as the business owner, as the visionary, avoid being the direct point person for everything. If you have a large enough team, think about hiring a manager to be that person, maybe an integrator or a high-level executive assistant or a chief of operations or something like that. But even if you have a small team, you can start letting other people be the direct point person for different projects. So that's changed my life as an owner. I now, of course, have a CEO. I did a whole episode about why I hired a CEO, but the CEO is not the only one. She's not the direct point person for everyone. There's a lot of people, let's say in marketing, that work under the marketing directors. There's people in customer support that work under my customer experience director. So that is important. As you grow your team, do not be the direct point person for everyone. Now, keep in mind that if you're just starting out or you have a small team, you likely will be the point person for a lot of people. But over time, I want you to move out of that role. Just something to think about. I think my business is more profitable right now because I have allowed other people to make the decisions. And dare I say it, a lot of them make better decisions than me. Yeah, my ego had to get get behind that one, but it's very true. Okay, number six is to utilize Parkinson's law. Tim Ferriss talks about this in his book, The Four-Hour Workweek. Parkinson's Law states that your perceived importance of a task is directly correlated to the amount of time you allot for it to be completed. Meaning, if you give yourself three hours to write a podcast episode, it's likely going to take you three hours. But if you give yourself one hour to write a podcast episode outline, you're more likely to complete the outline in that hour. So just give this a try the next time you say, okay, this is how long I'm allowing me to do it. I call this, instead of Parkinson's law, I call it the cut bait factor. I'm always like, "Ah, I'm going to cut bait. I'm only going to allow myself one hour. I cut bait. I move on. I'm not even a fisherman, but you get the analogy, right? So that one's important. I use it all the time. The seventh habit is to limit the content you're consuming. Inspiration is great, but doom scrolling not only takes up time, it also clouds your creativity. This habit also pertains to having the television on in the background, listening to a podcast and reading an article at the same time. To do your best and most authentic work is to live in your own creativity free of any outside influence. So of course I'm always learning, but I cut bait on learning as well because I need to stand in my own power. I need to have my own ideas and start creating my own content. So I do limit the amount of content I consume for that very reason. Number eight is to implement a four-day work week. Listen, this is one of my biggest regrets. I wish I did this from day one. So if you're just starting or just a few years in, you absolutely can do this. Now, you know that my team and I work a four-day work week, Monday through Thursday, eight hours each day. We take Friday, Saturday, and Sunday off unless we're in a launch. And it's been a game changer because it creates happy employees who have more time to achieve a work-life balance. And it also means we are very productive during those days and we prioritize working smarter and more efficiently because we want that Friday off. 
it means a lot to us. So I'm not running to the dentist on a random Tuesday. I'm waiting till Friday. I am not, you know, getting slow to work and then like ending work early. So I'll be like, I'll do it this weekend. No, I don't let the the work spill over to the weekend. I don't let it go into Friday. I'm very diligent how I use Monday through Thursday. And I know my team members are as well for the very reason of we want the time to walk away because we know we're better when we come back. The ninth habit is to evaluate your performance daily. Does that seem like overkill? Well, like with any habit, you have to practice it consistently for it to come to you naturally. And once you nail this practice down, you'll be countless steps ahead of everyone else. So how are you supposed to know what exactly you should be measuring? Well, as the business owner, the goal is to get to a place where you are only working on the big ideas that generate revenue for the business, the visionary. So at the end of the day, review what you did get done and identify if each task move you closer to your desired outcome or if it was a task that could have either been delegated, automated, or eliminated. That's a concept I learned in the book Free to Focus by Michael Hyatt, where you can automate, you can delegate, but you also can eliminate. And so don't be afraid to say, you know what? We're not doing this anymore. This is slowing us down. It's not enjoyable. It's not a big moneymaker. We're taking it off the table. I love that. If you feel like you're taking on too much to, let's say, complete a task, tune back in next Tuesday for episode number 623, where I'm going to be sharing how I handle procrastination and what I do when I'm feeling stuck. So that might help you as well. So that episode's coming out, episode 623, so in about a week. Okay, and the last habit to buy back your time is to implement the one-minute rule. Gretchen Rubin of The Happiness Project created this rule, and I really like to apply it to my physical spaces, specifically as it relates to business and my home office. A lot of us work remotely now, so the state of my working environment is fully dependent on me. I don't know about you, but I can't work productively if I'm in a cluttered space. If my workspace is cluttered and messy, I start to feel scatterbrained. So the one minute rule means that you must do all tasks right in front of you that take one minute or less to complete. Like for example, if you work at your kitchen counter, but see a few leftover dishes, wash them or put them away in the dishwasher before you sit down to work. Or just keeping the small nagging tasks under control It's just going to give you peace and minimize overwhelm. Now, disclaimer, I do not recommend every time you sit down to work to say, okay, for the next 30 minutes, I'm going to organize and clean. For those of you who find peace in it, like me, we can use this as an excuse not to get the work done. We're talking about a one minute, like I'm going to tidy up so my mind can be at peace. That's what I'm talking about. All right, so I hope you loved this shorty episode and found it valuable. I want you to walk away with at least one thing you learned here that you think, okay, you know what? I'm gonna implement that. And if you have a friend that's just getting started in entrepreneurship, please do share this episode with them or a friend that is just feeling really overwhelmed right now, grab the link, send them a text. I'd love for them to take a listen as well. My goal is to help as many entrepreneurs as possible realize that you can build a business and feel freedom at the same time. Thanks so much for tuning in. I'll see you on Thursday for more entrepreneurial goodness. Same time, same place. Can't wait. Let's talk making sales. With quarter four goals looming, can you believe it's almost quarter four? One piece of software that might solve a lot of your needs is an all-in-one CRM that helps execute, automate, and stay focused. 
So with the new HubSpot Sales Hub, your data and the tools and your team are all visible inside of a customer relationship management platform that keeps data squeaky clean and encourages endless integration. So everything starts talking to each other. So we're talking smarter sequences, seamless handoffs, and smoother workflows. One single place where you can send emails, answer questions, close deals, and accomplish everything on your to-do list. Plus, AI-powered tools like predictive forecasting help your whole team streamline a ton of manual tasks. The best part, it's easy to use. It gives you a simple and powerful view into every aspect of your business. With Sales Hub, generating revenue becomes easier. Try the world's smoothest CRM at HubSpot.com sales. 